0: This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com thecitadelcafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is The Citadel Cafe, episode number 424 for Thursday, November 25th, 2021. My name is Joel Duggan, and The Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we are into. Joining me this week... Stephen is back. You can find him at Steven ESC on all the social media that matters. Hey, wait a minute. This isn't Steven's week. Nope. It's because it's Thanksgiving yep. in the States and Brockett is doing stuff with family. Apparently they're hosting this year now that they've moved. So, uh, happy Thanksgiving to Brockett and Lou and all of the American listeners out there. And welcome back, Steven. Hello, sir. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. I, you know, I guess, you know, we've made a habit of it now. I can't, I can't uninvite you so there's that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> How many people in in America are going through that right now with family members that that, that you have around the dinner table that you maybe don't want to be there?
1: <laughs> that you wish
0: you could <laughs> wish you could uninvite. They're just they've got they've got the tenure, and it just can't <laughs> it just can't deal with it. Um, I tenure. I have had a very busy week, but it's been very much the same so uh i don't have a lot of new stuff to report i've just been playing a lot of satisfactory because update five came out on tuesday to the uh early access branch so i'm trying to wrap up what i'm doing on my current experimental save and then move back over to my main save uh i've put a lot of hours in this game it's kind of scary mm-hmm. uh because it tells you whenever you save it you've you <laughs> know spent 280 hours i mean i get it, it's part of my job and i'm playing it a lot, but still. Uh, It's it's a little bit like every once in a while uh, during the whole podcasting uh, streaming sort of phase of of my um, current career, you'll have something like you spent this much time playing this game and you go, oh, life choices. Is this really what I should (laughs) be doing? should i I do you know like i mean the dishes are done like you know i am (laughs) i am doing adulting things before i sit down and do the the fun things but still like it's just like i there's always something i mean as an entrepreneur you know this because you've done some freelance and stuff before yeah there's just always like an email that needs to be sent or read or newsletter or a course that you have to take like a you know like an art course or brushing things Mm -hmm. up and stuff like that actually segue that reminds me i saw Uh, I was lurking. You didn't know I was there. I saw you do an art stream
1: on Sunday. Yeah, I did. That was really cool. First one in a while. And um, it it was it sort of coincided with me wanting to do one. It's been a while. But then Twitch also, um, they opened up four new four or five. Five. It's five. I've got the same ones. Yep. Five new emote slots for all affiliates. And I was like, all right, well, now I've got there's a bunch of artwork I need to do for Twitch, and so, and and I, I, I don't know if you knew, but I actually reached a point where the Temple of Ascension, and for those of you who don't know, that was the big project I was working on in my Minecraft streams, is essentially physically done. Nice. There's, there's going to be some like I want to do some foliage tweaks here and there, but overall, it's like I don't really have like I got over all the big humps, and it is, it's looking good, and it's almost like my brain wants to go, whew okay, let's just focus on something else for a while. So there's part of me that's thinking I, m- I may do like a handful of drawing streams over the next couple of weeks, just as a mental break from Minecraft, but also just, I've, I feel like I've been really neg- neglecting the drawing side of who I am, which has been, which is just a shame. So much work on the go, like you're saying, some freelance projects and my full-time job has been just go, go, go for months. So it's, and I'm teaching part-time. So it's like, I don't know how to not do things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I didn't know you popped in. So I was, uh... it actually went fairly well. There's a couple of, I didn't know what I wanted to draw. And a couple of times I kind of went, well, let's try this thing. And it didn't quite go the way I wanted to. And then I was like, well, let's try this. And then it turned out surprisingly well. So it's fun.
0: Hey, cool. Uh, no, I was making breakfast. I had you up on the uh, large TV that we were talking about in the pre-show conversation <laughs> that our Ooh, that our patrons nice. can go and listen to if you're a barista at uh, patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe for people at the barista level. Uh, I'm looking at reworking the Citadel Cafe Patreon, actually. So keep an eye on that if you're supporting the show currently or if you are looking to become someone that supports it in the future. There's Discord access uh, and there's also... Um, obviously behind the scene cuts, but I think I'm going to rearrange some things. Also, um, I found out through my Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription that I have three months of Discord Nitro for free because I subscribe to Xbox Game Pass. So I'm going to uh, probably wait until the 1st of December just because it's so close now it'll be easy to remember that that renews on Mm -hmm. the first so i'll reclaim those those perks and i don't actually even know what it means i think there's like stickers and fun gifts and things that people can use and it might mean that people can use different emotes in you know one discord or the next but we'll see uh it seems like it's a fun fun thing to do we've had it once before but it was only for a month somebody a very nice um supporter of the of the channel uh gifted nitro to the discord for like a month uh and that was really cool but um I, I must've been one of those months where I just wasn't on there that much. And I use discord very rudimentally. Like I just, I use it like for audio calls for podcasts. I use it to type and chat with people, but I don't get into like the real fun stuff that you do. Mm-hmm. Like I don't do threads. I just, you know, I, I organize the rooms and I keep things simple, but, um, the more complicated stuff we have going on in discord on the spawn chunks podcast, John it's Johnny is the admin on that. So he handles all the behind the scenes on the discord. So I don't really know the ins and outs there, but, um, right. But Yeah, that, it was really cool because you had your, uh, going back to your stream, you had your iPad Pro mm-hmm. was being captured yep. and broadcast to Twitch. But then you also had, I think you said it was your phone pointed yep. down so that people could also see your hand point, like drawing, see the physical hand motions. Because I used to do this way back before Twitch was even Twitch. It was just in TV back then. And I would point a webcam down at my drawing table and I would draw Starcross every week live. And um that's all I did. I my my cool. face, my face wasn't on camera, it was just my hands. And uh but I didn't do it digitally. I was I was drawing on paper at the time. So how did you do how did you capture the iPad screen and send it to Twitch?
1: I actually uh bought an app. It's, I think it was about 25 bucks. It's called Air Server. And so essentially the same way that an iPad can use AirPlay, Apple AirPlay, to just like beam whenever you're watching to your Apple TV, so you can like I could I can stream something from my iPad onto my television at home. Air AirServer acts the same way as it shows up in my AirPlay list, and I can just essentially beam. Uh, like I know I'm not using the right lingo, but essentially beam what's on my iPad to an air server window on my computer and then i just do uh, then, a window capture for that right onto twitch and then or into streamlabs which then shows up on twitch and then i just had my phone i have a i have my microphone here on an arm but then i also had the um i bought another arm specifically for the phone so that i can have it point down and it would just be, it was mostly because when i do my drawings and i would say you know i'd be sort of gesturing with my pencil and saying you know in, in this area over here wait you can't see that never mind so that now I can actually like that little window down there that just has my, it, it's, it's not as clear, but I can basically say, you know, th- this part of the drawing and I can point to it right here. And I actually, I even use the little window sometimes with my hands. And then when I'm talking about what's on the screen, I'll actually <laughs> pretend I'm pointing to like the, uh, when you look at the big, w- the big window and I'll use my finger in the little window to point up at the big window kind of thing. So nice. Yeah. A fun little thing. So it's uh yeah, it's uh works out pretty well. And, and and people's reaction seems to be genuinely, oh, hey, that's cool. I never, I would never have thought of that. Or, wait, is that showing your, oh, nice. So, I mean, it's, I realize those were all just broken thoughts, but everyone's general reaction seems to be one of surprise. And then they're in, impressed. So, yeah, it's good. And it's stuff that I already have, you know. I mean, other than the arm, which I think was another 20, 25 bucks total. Mm-hmm. um I have my phone already. It uses an app um i forget what that app is called actually it's um there's lots out there yeah cameo yeah cameo studio and basically i just plug the phone in with a the lightning cable the usb in the back and point it and turn the app on on my phone and it automatically shows up as a an input for Mm -hmm. like with some tweaking but shows up as an input for Streamlabs. so it's 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 pretty easy to set up
0: Nice, and depending on what phone you have, people have really good cameras on their phone, better than any webcam that you can buy oh my goodness, on the yeah. market. You know, like I, I, I've thought about the webcam thing uh, more so for when I do Lego streams. I want to have a better camera because my my old C nine twenty or C nine ten C nine ten is um, showing its age. It's it's not mm. the best quality, and to have an older phone or um, I've thought uh, and I don't. It, this was not my idea. I heard it somewhere. Someone was saying that if you want a good cheap camera for studio work whether you don't need like the best shot but you need something a Mm -hmm. used gopro and then you can put different lenses on the gopros right so like if you get a they're they're small they're lightweight you can put them on any tripod you want uh a gorilla pod like whatever you can put them anywhere and they're meant to go anywhere but it means that you can do all kinds of stuff. And for me, if I wanted to point something straight down at a table when I do Lego and have that camera then kind of hovering above the table, you don't want that to be necessarily a very expensive DSLR camera, unless you have a very expensive heavy tripod at the same time. Yeah, uh, where, Whereas a DSLR, uh, not a DSLR, a, a GoPro, you could put on the end of a mic boom and just be like, that's fine. It weighs grams, not pounds. <laughs> you know, like It's mm. just, it's very, very small. So uh, it's... Um, it's something i've been looking into but even even used they're still between two and three hundred dollars so it's something that i'd have to be doing more often to really invest in it but um another rabbit hole of technology you go down and realize how many <laughs> options are available to you but um ultimately it's it's nice to just kind of like when you have budget limits or whatever it helps you narrow your costs and use case and um i i run into that when i do photoshop streams because i just capture the entire monitor it's just all photoshop i just tell the StreamLab software to not capture anything else so like if email or other messages come up they don't get broadcast on twitch it's just photoshop uh and when i'm talking about stuff i have to do like the whole like the football commentator thing like i gotta switch to like a red color paintbrush and then like add a new layer and just like draw (laughs) and point to stuff and circle things be like you know kind of instructions like, this is what I mean. I don't like this nose or I like these ears or I like number one. And so I, because I, I'm like you, like I talk with my hands and I gesture and I point mm. and I just realize you guys can't see me pointing in the studio. <laughs> it's just yeah. me pointing at the monitor and no one can see anything because it's all digital. So it's yeah. uh, it's definitely a challenge.
1: Yeah, I still do that as well, but it's just that, that, that extra little kind of has w- made me need to do it far less. So that's cool. One other thing that is new is like I did actually buy the Nintendo Switch.
0: <laughs> oh, you have the Switch. Fantastic. Yeah. Nice.
1: Yeah, I bought it about a week and a bit ago and uh bought it with uh of course Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So
0: Nice. How are you enjoying it?
1: It's uh it's pretty sweet. I it's the first kind of dedicated held hand handheld game unit that I've ever really owned. I didn't have a Game Boy when I was younger. I wanted one but I didn't but it's just it feels really cool in the hands and and so I'm a headache-prone person, so sometimes I find when I wear my glasses all day, I don't want to watch TV with my glasses on. And if we play Mario Kart, I just wish I could do it without my glasses on. So it's actually been a huge treat to hold something close to my face with fairly excellent resolution and not have to wear my glasses. It's been it's been really great.
0: What's the resolution on the Switch? Is it the same as your TV?
1: Uh yes. I don't think it's quite HD, which is what people were hoping for.
0: Yeah, no that was that was um, the criticism of the new Switch was that it wasn't HD, but the fact the fact that your television and your Switch have the same screen resolution is pretty fun Oh yeah. I'm
1: golden. Yeah. It's pretty pretty fantastic. So I'm looking forward to um to getting some more games of that and and hoping that I can find some games that I'll enjoy that'll also be worth streaming. So and, and yes, the next game on my list as per our previous conversation is a minecraft engine so we will we will definitely hook up and play some of that
0: yes we will have to have you over that'll that'll be that'll be fun to it's it's, it's i find those kind of games are, are fun anyway but then they're really fun to have someone else experience them for the first time like mm-hmm. johnny and i talk about that on the spawn chunks all the time about how much we spend in minecraft um as far as our daily lives and and how much we know about the game reporting on it weekly professionally but then to for me, like, you know, holiday gatherings or meeting someone new for the first time and maybe they know of Minecraft, but they don't know a lot about it or, you know, uh, playing with it with someone that for the first time in Minecraft, that it's an experience that you can't get back, right? Like mm-hmm. your first experience with it and living vicariously through people when they first try video games is is something I really enjoy. One of the reasons I think I don't spend as much time on the Xbox as I thought I was going to is because I prefer sharing games on Twitch with viewers, and I prefer right. sharing games on Xbox with friends, but then enter pandemic, and I really haven't had a lot of people over. <laughs> so uh, hopefully that's going to change as as more and more people get, you know double vaccinated and and more and more people, um, you know, being responsible, have, you know the freedom to kind of do a little bit more socializing. Because I've realized that I've wanted to sit down and play Forza for the last little while. I just haven't had time, really. But then I also just kind of like, I want to play it with somebody. I don't just want to sit. It's cool, but it's kind of, I kind of want to, because I remember thinking like, oh, cool. I should do that, the Forza thing. And then I think about like how I should video it so I can share it on Instagram or something. Like I just, I feel like I want to share these cool experiences. And I don't always have the opportunity, so. This week, Dan wrote in, and it's good that you're on the show, Stephen, because uh, the subject was the average cut length, a conversation that you and I had a couple of weeks ago. Hi, Joel and Stephen. I have just listened to episode 421, and your chat about the length of cuts in kids' TV shows brought two things to mind. I was not aware that this was that bad with kids' shows, but I definitely see this trend in younger audiences and the shorter-than-average clip length. This is one of the reasons I really don't like to watch Mumbo Jumbo's videos anymore. I am not sure when he started doing that, but uh, his average clip length is maybe 20 seconds at best, and then he makes a cut. I watch Mumbo, and I don't remember these clips being that short. I think there might be a little bit of an exaggeration happening in the email, but I didn't have time to check. Mm -hmm. This makes it rather challenging to follow uh, because it makes me feel like a squirrel on cocaine. (laughs) Other Minecraft YouTubers have much longer clip lengths, and I prefer their content much more to Mumbo's, although most of them don't have the same resources available to them. And to be really blunt here, I find young people have no attention span whatsoever. My cousins, who are just about 20, consume content on their cell phone, where the longest clip is roughly 7 seconds. It was infuriating to watch, to say the least. On a positive note, if you love some uh, no-cut videos, check out the band OK Go. They are a rock band with some extremely impressive no-cut music videos, including a Rube Goldberg machine in the video for This Too Shall Pass. Uh, We've got links from the email to both of the videos. Uh, So thanks for including the links, Dan. Much appreciated. Uh, Since Mm -hmm. you mentioned the liking of Tom Hanks, if you haven't already seen it, go and watch Terminal an older film from 2002. Uh, It is a really pleasant, feel-good movie. It's funny, charming, and there is some romance, but nothing generic. Overall, just an enjoyable film. Cheers, and please keep delivering new episodes. Dan, uh, and then of course, like I said, uh, in our show notes this week on the CitadelCafe.com, we'll have links to both. uh, This This too shall pass, and I won't let you down. Those are the two music videos from OK Go that Dan sent in. Uh, Thanks, Dan. I really
1: appreciate the email. Have you seen Terminal? I have not yet, but... uh... I like Tom Hanks as well. So I'm, it sounds intriguing. So I I haven't, I didn't have a chance to look it up before the show because it was, uh, it's been a busy week.
0: So uh, I misspoke. It was from 2004, um, Steven Spielberg directing. So like, it's not, it's not a slouch film. It's actually pretty good. Uh, I remember liking it. I remember not enjoying Tom Hanks's accent in it. He has like a weird, ambiguous, like Eastern European accent, I think, in it. Uh, Wasn't either i wasn't a fan at first and then it grew on me or i just i found it kind t- of took me out of it i don't necessarily think it would be that different of a film if he was just speaking in an english accent but i mean the whole premise is that he's a foreign national that is, got stuck in an airport and he has to live there because he can't get past customs so he kind of lives in the terminal. Um But it was good. Like I remember really, really enjoying it. It's been years because I saw it when it first came out. I didn't see it in theater, but I think as soon as it hit video, whenever it was available to watch, uh, I watched it Um, either through rentals or whatever. We were doing back in 2004. I don't even remember. I try to remember when like Netflix became a thing. I was like, and it wasn't 2004. It was much later than that. But like it just, you know, my mind blurs as to like how I watched those kind of films back then. I mean, I don't remember whether DVDs were like, by that point bargain basement like five dollar stuff at you know walmart where it was cheaper to just buy it than it was to rent it somewhere um i don't really remember but uh but yeah i would i would definitely um uh, definitely recommend it it was a good it was a good film um i i feel you on the shorter clips on minecraft content in general i don't want to call out anybody specifically i don't i don't think i agree with you about mumbo stuff because i'm pretty I'm pretty sensitive to this and I do enjoy Mumbo's content. I know he's changed the style in which he's done things recently, but um, Mumbo is a video producer in real life outside of his Minecraft content. He does like music videos and advertisements and stuff. He's actually, he works in film. So I would imagine he would be sensitive to that. However, you know, they could still be just shorter than other Minecraft creators uh, because, As someone that has done some Minecraft creations in the past, in terms of YouTube edited videos, sometimes it's easier, especially for me as a podcaster and a streamer, I can get a lot done in one cut. I don't have to necessarily re-cut things together. I'm also cool with little flubs sometimes. Um, I leave some edits in the Citadel Cafe at times. Um, It just depends on how... But bet how like how bad it is and how much work it is to cut out all these little flubs or if it's just something you want to have more of a natural conversation it depends on the polish you want to put on the final product uh mm-hmm. however i will say that a trend that i notice in minecraft content on youtube because i do watch a lot of it for the sponge podcast is when one person in particularly a popular person starts doing something cutesy with their editing then all of a sudden, everyone is doing it, and everyone is overdoing it. So, like, if someone does something cool once or twice in a video, give it a month, and a lot of the creators <laughs> in that space are going to be doing it six, eight, ten times a video, right? And I think it just comes down to the point that not everyone's a professional video editor. All that's part of their skill sets on on YouTube. Um, and I do notice that trend, and it's definitely had me um, stopping my not subscriptions, but I've certainly fallen off a number of Minecraft creators that I normally follow, um, eagerly because they're doing a lot of repetition. Uh, so you know how like family guy burns a joke into the ground. Sometimes they just repeat the same, the same thing over and over again. I've noticed that with some creators online where they just kind of repeat the same joke week to week, video to video. And it's just like, it's not funny. You know, like it's, you've worn it thin. You, your comedic timing has has worn through the carpet and I'm done. And I, I tend to check out very quickly on,
1: on stuff like that. For me, I, I haven't actually seen many of Mumbo Jumbo's videos in the last little while. So I can't, can't really comment on it. But in terms of, I was just remembering, Um, I think it was a colleague of mine who mentioned it once before I had picked it up on my own. And they said the attention span of people is so short these days that they have a trailer To movie trailers. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but like, they'll go, you know, new Spider-Man trailer coming out, stay tuned. And then it's, it's like three seconds of get ready. This is coming. And then, okay, now I've found out where I'm going to spend the next two and a half minutes of my time. And it's like, really, do we really need that level of, of intro to something that is an intro or like that, that level of summary to something that is in itself a summary so it just, it's a, uh, I find that funny.
0: It's an ad for an advertisement. Like it, it's, yeah, yeah. It's what's well, to stop people from scrolling, right? Like it's, it's the TikTok short form. Like mm-hmm. you're scrolling through stuff and the True. moment that you see it, like if the trailer starts with like a wide opening pan of New York city to set the mood, uh, before you hear Peter Parker start talking, then people are going, some people are going to miss it. They're going to keep on going, go boring and keep on going. They're not yeah, even okay. going to read the title, right? They don't, no one reads these days they just they just look at the videos so they have to start with a giant picture of spider-man and the music and be like da, 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 trailer right now don't go anywhere and because other <laughs> place people will miss it i'm like you yeah. i'm i'm the same way i it drives me na- nuts uh and and i agree and i also will confess that my attention span has gotten shorter over the course of the pandemic yeah. Uh, so much of what I do is digital and, um, I'm sure a great deal of it has to do with how much time I spend on a screen, but there has been definitely times where I could not decide what to sit down and watch over dinner or what I was watching over dinner had lost my interest. Now we could argue with whether the content was slow or whether the content was just not that good. Either Mm -hmm. way, I would pause it to check something. Someone texted me, whatever. And then I would just find that rather than sitting and watching a television show while I eat dinner, I would be sitting on my phone and I'd be consuming short TikTok videos as I ate instead. And I mean, after I realized that I started to fight it and then I realized, you know what, maybe that's just if you if you're stressed, maybe that's what you want. You want no commitments, right? Like, if I don't like this video, I'm just going to swipe my finger and see the next one. Whereas, you know, trying to invest in a TV show and sit and be along for the ride, like I do find it challenging sometimes to get through an entire episode of anything without checking my phone.
1: It's a good point though, about TikTok. It's, uh, I think it's the idea of like, well, I really don't want to commit to, I don't have the brain power to commit to an hour long show, Yeah, but then for, but but the, the funny thing is there are some times where I'm just tired and don't feel like starting a show, but then I'll find that I've committed to. A hundred one minute videos yep. as opposed to 100% like a one hour or yeah 100 minutes of a, a movie or something like that
0: yep see aforementioned life choices <laughs> <laughs> i've <have> definitely <laughs> definitely done that when like i should have just watched something on netflix because i'm up a lot later now than i should have been you know whereas because like in the living room i have to sit or even recline on the couch whereas tiktok like or or i mean any kind of social media doesn't matter what you're using on your phone you can be in bed like, you could be on the couch. You could, like, it happens everywhere. And and it's more accessible. Like, in bed, I'd have to get out of bed to go start something on TV. I don't have a television <laughs> in the bedroom, right? I don't like yeah. watching Netflix on my phone because I will just end up, it's like, I hate, it's just, a, I've got an SE. It's a teeny tiny little 4.4 yeah, screen. Like, it just, when I've got a 55-inch television, I'm not watching any long form content on my phone at all once in a while i'll watch a trailer but every once in a while i'll see a link for a trailer i'll hit play just long enough for it to be in my youtube watch history and i will go turn on the tv go to youtube (laughs) because it's been bookmarked then and then rewind the 10 seconds and watch the whole thing on the big screen because like you know movies like spider-man trailers they're worth watching on a big on a big screen
1: yeah agreed Speaking
0: of Marvel and Spider-Man, uh, we're going to run into what we are watching this week. And uh, Stephen and I have watched the same thing, as I'm sure many of you have, given that mm-hmm. it is a holiday in the US and this is a Thanksgiving release. Disney Plus has put out Hawkeye, the first two mm-hmm. episodes of this new miniseries, which is a total of six episodes over the season. And uh, we are going to be talking about the first two episodes. We're going to be talking about spoilers in the first two episodes. So if you haven't seen them, go watch them. And then come back and join us. We will not hold it against you. Uh, we'll have links to Hawkeye and all the things in the show notes. And uh, I can kick things off by saying I really, really enjoyed the first two episodes. Me um, too.
1: I think I think of all the Disney Plus shows, um, this one has probably started off the strongest. In my one hundred
0: percent. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I I was on board for the Winter Soldier uh, and and the Falcon show but that's because i kind of knew where it was going so i kind mm-hmm. of didn't matter where it started but uh wandavision took me a while uh same with loki um i'm not even sure if i ever really got on board with loki you know uh whereas this i just i like jeremy renner i really like Haley steinfeld and it the the way that they bring you in is that it's, it focuses on, on um, Kate Bishop, who's another Hawkeye, but this um, Haley Stanfield's character and they, you, you come in at like 2012 and we all know what yeah. happened in 2012. That was the battle of New York. And you see it from a young Kate Bishop's perspective in a very rich kind of like condo in, in New York city. And uh, man, like it was really kind of cool to see a different perspective of all that going on, all the destruction, people's homes, you know, aliens and Shatari flying through things and exploding stuff. And we got to see some cool action from uh, a different perspective from that famous like Hawkeye jump when he jumps off the building and uses his arrow to kind of grappling hook around. And you get to see it from what it would look like if you saw it from across the street. <laughs> It was yeah. badass. I mean, it was. It was cool. a great moment. It was cool in the in the movie, but in the movie, it was all slow motion, and in and in this, it was very very cool to see that kind of perspective. So they really kind of grab you, and and bring you in in that way, which I thought was was great. Um, but I'm 110 percent on board. Like I I really like the feel of it. I like the way that it feels like a film. Uh, yeah, and the fact that it's only six episodes has me hoping that it keeps a good pace because it's usually a good sign when they've had like a, a finite number of things rather than a full season or whether you know like if they've kind of left it too open-ended or whatever uh, then there's a slow burn where there's like the first two episodes great but then like episodes three and four in so many digital series that we've talked about on the show they tend to slow down before they pick back yeah. up
1: again um, and being a, and being a miniseries, you you know there's going to be have to be at least some sort of revolu- uh, resolution at the end because it's not there's no season two to pick up from the cliffhanger. I mean, there's always some sort of cliffhanger that's then going to take you into the next movie or something like that. But the the fact that after the six episodes, this show is like this at least this this show itself is done, like done done. So I'm um, I'm really curious to see how they're going to do it.
0: My guess uh, is that. And I don't know for sure. I, sh- I tried to find Hawkeye film information before the show, but all the Hawkeye film links that I was Googling, they were previous conversations about the Hawkeye franchise being a film and them saying, mm, we don't have enough time in a film to do what we want to do. And I actually found an article on IGN where um, Trin Tran, I hope that's pronouncing that name right, um, was quoted to saying that they had more time to explore the characters a lot more in a six episode series on Disney plus than mm. a big budget action film, because there's expectations from the audience and you only have so much time and you can't get as much character development. And I agree in that, like we in a big movie, we wouldn't have all this time with Clint's kids that we did in the first episode. Um, Clint Hawkeye doesn't throw a punch until the very last five minutes of the first episode, right? It's all mm-hmm. just character driven stuff. And I, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm on board. However, I would say either film, because um Haley Steinfeld has done both film work and television work, um, there could be a, a a a Kate Bishop Hawkeye film, or there could be a Kate Bishop Hawkeye series continuing. I just think this will be the last time we see Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye as far as yeah. Marvel is concerned. In the same way that um uh Steve Rogers is no longer, you know, in it. I feel like we're gonna to have to we're gonna be saying goodbye. I hopefully not in a sad, sad way. Um yeah. to, to Clint Barton.
1: Yeah, hopefully he just hopefully he just ends up being like full on retirement where he gets to spend the rest of his Spend the rest of his days in the pasture with his family. I know, and you know, like yeah, not like that. But you well, know, pass basically, torch, like on to exactly on, on to Kate
0: Bishop, right? That that's because I think I don't know enough about the comics, but that that's, that's what I think happens is that she puts on the mantle and becomes you know the new Hawkeye for the new Avengers, and there's all these there's all kinds of different stuff in the comics. Um Yeah, I really like the balance between humor and action for the most part. I thought they did a really good job there, yep. where. Reed. Um, and a lot of that hangs on the the banter and delivery of Renner and and Steinfeld, uh, both very good actors. Uh, I'm I've become a really big fan of Steinfeld. Uh, her voice work in Arcane is also awesome, mm-hmm. and and I liked her. I've seen her other things where I didn't know who she was, and then the first time I made a note of like, oh, I'm gonna watch this person's career was in Bumblebee, so it was one of the better Transformers films with the big CG bumblebee um more of a family film and she was excellent in that and she's been in other things since so i'm really happy to see that they've cast someone with such good chops and and just like her fast talking sort of talking to herself but she's talking to other people in the room too style of delivering the character it's very funny and and then of course you have those moments where she and barton have exchanges in the same way that um black widow and and barton would have exchanges romanoff yeah that's that's a good point you know and it felt it, it felt very familiar and they 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 kind of hint at that at first not that it's going to be a, a parallel but they hit some notes with the horrible horrible captain america musical at the beginning of this <laughs> it's meant to be bad like it's meant to be eye rolling yeah. disgusting it's supposed to make hawkeye and all of his family feel really uncomfortable and, um, obviously there's some, there's an actor on this musical stage pretending to be the black widow and dancing around the screen. And he starts to like, obviously this is post, um, Romanov's death. And so she's, he's feeling sad and it makes you think about him and his relationship with, with Natasha and all that kind of stuff. And then fast forward to the end of the episode and it kicks off a relationship with this kid that has all these skills and no knowledge, you know, of how yeah. to use all this kind of stuff. And, uh, they did, um, they did a really good job, I think of, of mirroring that, but then keeping it its own thing.
1: Yeah. Keeping it fresh.
0: The other thing that I really like is, uh, the relationship between Clint and Laura, his wife, and they kick the normal superhero trope to the curb where he's keeping dangerous stuff from her. She's, she's in the know. She I mean, she, obviously she knows he's Hawkeye, but she knows who he's up against he he tells exactly you know tells her exactly that it's the 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 um mafia the trench coat not trench coat um the track tracksuit suit mafia tracksuit mafia D- dumbest name ever i know it's from the comics yeah. purists don't don't at me i just think it's <laughs> terrible um But which means she knows that he was Ronan like, there's all these cool things in there that keep their relationship on the level and much more interesting. She's kind of like the guy in the chair, you know, like she's telling him to be careful, but also just like not worried about him at the same time. Like she's not pulling that card. It's a really nice um, relationship. She's not in it much. It's mostly phone calls. He's trying to get home for Christmas and he's dealing with the fact that uh, Kate Bishop through a series of unfortunate circumstances found herself at an underground auction at an art sale and ended up with the ronin outfit and then she used it to help save the day and ended up causing a whole bunch of problems because when she was caught on camera looking like ronin it basically got all the organized crime after her she didn't cover her tracks well so now um hawkeye clint barton is trying to protect her and also Mm get the suit back and just kind of put it all to rest and go home for Christmas and he, so he's on this it's the only it's like that that traditional like I need to get home for Christmas movie yeah. except for you're an Avenger <laughs> like it's just a little twist <laughs> that's slight, true <laughs> slight twist right Um. so it's 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 delivering on a bunch of familiar fronts you know racing through New York City trying to get stuff done on time like there's a lot of stuff that's very similar to other films and stuff that you've seen uh, and I keep on calling it or referring to it like a film and it does feel like one the production value is there it really does yeah. feel like a film uh i got a really good laugh uh at the crack even that laura makes about the the tracksuit mafia like these jokers they're back again like oh god they need a new <laughs> mo and i'm just like yeah you think like <laughs> just <laughs> really really funny um now lou told me about them in the con in the that in the comics that uh, the Hawkeye comics that the tracksuit mafia are a real thing. They're comic relief. Like they call one another and everybody else, bro all the time. And they're just, they're really laughably bad, but also dangerous because they're armed Russian criminals. And, uh, Mm. they're staying pretty point to the comics. Anybody that's a big fan of the comics, I think is pretty, um, pretty happy. I think with, with where things are going. um, it's probably one of the things I like the least about the show, uh, is the, the tracksuit mafia thing. I, I just, it's, I know it's pure to the comics, but I, I don't really like just, it. I, I find that the language they use too, like, I get it. I know that they're making fun of the, the, the bro thing, but it's just, it's really overdone. It's overused. It gets repetitive.
1: I mean, so far I've been agreeing, I agree with pretty much 100% of the, the pros that you've been talking about in it. It does feel like a film. Um, I think that, the part with Clint's family is great. My the thing that I like about it is that it's so un, unusual to see a superhero with such a healthy family relationship. It's it's um as you said, it's usually secretive, and it's they always use that that line later. I didn't tell you because I just wanted to protect you. And then it just there's this then there's this huge divide in the family. Nobody gets along. Nobody can trust it anybody. But even the kids are in on it. They all know as well. It's just like you know how how long is this going to take to clean up kind of question when they had to split up. Unfortunately, they had to cut their Christmas holiday short. It's one of those things I love it because as far as you can tell, they're a normal, well-adjusted family. There's
0: interesting that you bring up the protection thing because there's a lot of conversations between Kate Bishop and her mom about protection. And it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like an ingrained psychological thing where because of her traumatic experience in 2012 and the loss of her dad, Kate Bishop wants to protect her mom and protect other people all the time. That's kind of what she wants to do. And yeah. her mom is always saying like, you don't have to do that. I'm your mom. I'm supposed to protect you. Whereas Kate's got the skills to protect everybody with archery and, and, um, martial arts and fencing and all these kind of things. She's got all these skills that she did through sport and through training and through, um, like just trying to be the best at these things throughout her entire life. And it's kind of what she focused on after her dad died, but she's always being told you know, like you don't have to protect anybody i'm supposed to protect you it's my job uh so it's right. neat to, it's neat to see that flip of like you know like you said the superhero trope of like trying to protect people by not telling them something whereas i mean kate bishop is not telling her mom about the hawkeye stuff so much but she's also never in the room alone with her she's always there with um what's his name the stepdad or his fiance person uh, uh, i had tony jack I think? jack uh Du, du- Duquence, i guess is the character's name i don't even mm-hmm. know they ever mentioned his last name um but uh, tony dalton is the actor that that plays him and um so there's you all the conversations that she has with her mom are kind of stilted because he's in the room and then she doesn't trust him so that she doesn't say anything
1: it's he's he seems untrustworthy right away like he's like he's layering on that I'm gonna be your new stepdad kind of thing because sorry everyone, spoiler alert. Kate finds out that his her mom and this guy are engaged, so he's actually even says at one point like he, he tries to like psychoanalyze her and it's like, no, 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 she's just trying to be she's just this way because of this and feels threatened by me and blah blah blah, and says I think it was something like almost as little as, I bought a book about being a stepdad. I'm just like, he did. really? It's yep. like you're you're really trying to they're really trying to make you hate this guy, like, right away. And they do a good job of it. He just seems so... Something about him seems slimy right from the get-go.
0: I wish they had given him more layers. I, I You know immediately that he's a villain. I'm going to say right now that he killed his uncle. Uh, I'd be happy to be <laughs> proven wrong, but I'm saying right now that's what happened. Uh, I, I'm
1: hoping that you're proven wrong.
0: Yeah, because I wanted it to be more complicated than that. I kind of wanted him to be... I kind of wanted him to be the villain... But still be something that the audience would be just like, he seems nice. Why doesn't Bishop trust him? Like, why doesn't Kate Mm -hmm. trust him? And wonder that for two or three episodes before they maybe reveal that he's into some shady stuff. But instead, like, they just, they really, he's smarmy. He talks too much. He tells people how they feel. He kind of like, he's the know-it-all. And it drives me nuts. Yeah, I'm not. And so, you know, right away that he's a bad guy or a bad guy.
1: Yeah. And, and like one one of the first things they have happened with him is he goes to that underground auction in episode one, and like even the banter between he and his uncle, like it it almost it actually almost made me wonder whether was it actually uncle and nephew or did they have a relationship of some kind? Just and it was just like this weird weird energy between them. Like it's just there's like this animosity between them, and he's a sword collector, and he was spending betting or bidding on illegal stuff essentially so like mm-hmm. there's this weird like he's thrown into this situation where he's even if he's doesn't end up being the bad guy he's not great like they they make it clear that he's not a super person right away
0: yeah his uncle said something along the lines like you can't afford this you don't have the money he's like i'm marrying into the money or whatever like he can you basically I will, I will f- inherit or something yeah. yeah like he 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 throws it out there that he he's banking on the um the situation he's got himself into or the demise of somebody else um to give him fortune and and give him means. Mm. Um, so it's lazy. It's it's sideways and skeezy. And yeah, you don't you don't really like him that much. I mean, I guess kudos to the actor because <laughs> he makes, oh, his, yeah. makes his skin call, right? Like so not <laughs> not to slam the performance. It's more of like I wish the reveal wasn't in like, you know, the first 15 minutes. Uh, yeah. on everything, but I guess like it all kind of comes to a head when like you need to get Haley uh, not Haley. I keep on missing the names. You need to get Kate downstairs to, to see this thing. So she follows him and follows the uncle. And there's all this, you needed it to happen, uh, in order for her to like see and really mistrust, uh, Jack yeah. and go from there.
1: One of the things that always bugs my wife is that she goes, she, she can't stand. Like it's almost, it's almost always the wife in a show that for whatever reason, just can't see that her fiance or husband is shady.
0: Even his niceties are so performative. Mm-hmm. That's a good word for it. Eleanor Bishop, uh, Kate's mom, is smart. Like she runs a security company. So like yeah. she runs a security company and she hasn't like done a background check on the dude she's going to marry. <laughs> like <laughs> Bullshit. Like I just, yeah. there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff there that you kind of feel like this is really strange. But then again, like. That kind of stuff happens where people are blind because they're attracted to someone, or or because of they just kind of have to have to say like she even says at some point like I'm kind of caught up in the romance of it all, yeah, uh, you know to try and diffuse her daughter's skepticism at some point. So there's a lot of stuff like that that I yeah. thought was maybe um, try to convince herself as well. Well, yeah, no, and that could be it. That could be it as well. I hope there's a, a reveal later, and I hope that I hope that Eleanor figures it out on her own, and it's not up to. um kate to tell her like i hope that she (laughs) kind of comes to that conclusion yeah like i hope she comes to that conclusion speaking of bonking on the head by the way the first time we get to see kate bishop fight in a hawkeye ish outfit she actually dons the the ronin outfit and pulls up a mask and she's in a wine cellar (laughs) she has no weapons and everybody else has got guns she beats the tar out of everyone with wine bottles yeah and the the foley sound effects of like the 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 bottle full of liquid bunk whenever she hits somebody because <laughs> she's not hitting them hard enough to like break the bottle everywhere yeah no. which would get messy and violent um she's just kind of like deterring them and knocking them out or knocking them over and there's man it is visceral like i kind of think it would hurt more <laughs> than having oh my goodness you know something swung as hard that it breaks it's like that scene in um, one of the Bourne movies where he beats someone up with a book. Oh, yeah. It's the same sort of thing. It's like a heavy, blunt object that is just heavy. And it's going it, to, it, in addition to her swing, it's just got a big, blunt end to it. And it's just going to leave marks. You know, like just, it
1: was really amusing. I'm honestly surprised um, that they just don't have more people. I mean, I know it would make the fight scene a lot shorter, but I can't imagine people would not get knocked out by that sort of thing more frequently because. I mean, I've, I've walked past a table and banged my knee on it and have been sore for like a week and a half. (laughs) Yeah. And like getting a wine bottle that didn't break to the head, I would have a migraine for weeks. Like I just, I don't, or like at the very least, I just got clubbed. If I'm not unconscious, I, I, the last thing I want to do is pick myself up off the ground and get clubbed again. I would just lay there.
0: Mm Mm-hmm yeah the 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 movie fight kind of like no one gets a concussion in Marvel. What are you talking about? yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. although I mean to bring that up um one of the things that I ended up finding out about the show through social media and I'm disappointed that I found out this way' cause I was ho- it would have been much cooler to have it revealed like in the first um bit in in the um the theater with the musical is that um Clint Barton is now deaf in one ear and only has mm-hmm. partial hearing in his left ear and I thought after hearing this uh, confirmed on social media and through some of the trailers, um, because I think he does some sign language with one of his kids. And I was wondering if they were going to do some really slick reveal where like you audience member have just not been paying attention. Clint Barton has Mm -hmm. been deaf the entire time like through all the marvel movies through like through everything that he's been in he's just been deaf you just haven't noticed because you just weren't looking for it but it's Mm -hmm. not the case um what happens is that they asked like someone asked i think it was kate bishop asked how you lost your hearing and they we have a flashback of basically like every hard fall that barton has been taking you know uh there's like uh He was mind controlled by Loki and then um, Romanoff had to hit him in the head. Uh, He jumped through that glass building that we talked about at the start of the conversation. Uh, The biggest one that that they point to is when Thanos turned the Avengers headquarters into a crater (laughs) and it basically fell on Hawkeye and everybody else. Uh, That's the one where it seems like he got like the the blast kind of deafened him permanently. He's got damage Mm -hmm. loss, hearing loss. Uh, But it's a neat twist. It's a neat idea. Um, He moves kate bushup to his left um to move her on the inside of the street and she thinks it's to protect her and and keep an eye out for you know dangerous situations he's like nope i just can't hear you if you're on the other side and yeah. that's what leads to the conversation about about the hearing loss and i thought i thought it was a nice nice touch it's neat that it kind of they've incorporated that because he's not a super soldier like he and natasha mm. were just super trained you know you know super spies but they don't have superpowers. And so when they get beat up and hurt, they get damaged, you know?
1: Yeah, I found out about the, the deaf thing a while ago too. It's the, a couple of the sites that I, that I visit. Uh, um, one of them, the person was, they knew that Cliff was going to be deaf or they were going to have some sort of hearing issue with him in this show. And and they were actually disappointed that it hadn't, hadn't been part of the MCU leading up to now because in some, depending on which storyline you... You follow. I you mean, know in some storylines, apparently Cliff didn't have the family set up the way it is in the MCU, and so some people weren't pleased that they were there. But I actually kind of like it in the mix. But they were they were disappointed that him not being able to hear hadn't been part of the movies all along. Although, you know, if I didn't know that, I found that it was an interesting way to introduce it into the storyline, and it totally makes sense. Like you're you're right; that it was just like head strike to explosion to fall if anybody had regular hearing after that, that would be far less realistic than, than the situation they've got going on in the show. So,
0: How did you feel about the uh, LARPing event in Central Park?
1: <laughs> um, I, I guess I felt a little bit the same way I did about the Captain America musical at the beginning. It was, uh, it kind of made me chuckle a bit, but it felt like it, it felt like they both kind of went on a little bit too long. And but I kind of gave it, cut it some slack because it almost feels like, I feel like they went on a little bit too long just to kind of make us feel how annoyed Cliff was being in that situation a little bit too long. Um, So I kind of appreciate it on that level, but just as a pure viewer, I'm just like, like, I don't understand, I don't understand why the scene was there other than to make it not easy for him to get the outfit back right away, like the, uh, the rodent costume back right away. Because they could have easily cut that out. He could have gone back to the apartment after the fire, had found it, tucked it in his, his bag and stuck it in the locker. And we would have had 10 more minutes of a different part of the show. Yeah, it doesn't matter at all. No, but the, the, I guess the one thing I did like about it, though, was like people were like the guy who had the suit and got to, quote unquote, defeat him in the LARPing, like he was a genuine fan. So I think there's, there's certain things that they're showing where people are like, um, Kate Bishop says early on, you've got a branding problem. Yeah. And, and, and people, and in some articles I've read, you know, they, they've referred to him as the worst Avenger or the least popular Avenger. And I think it's just because he's partially because he's not super. He's just like, he's even says it like, I'm just a guy who shoots arrows. He sa- he says something to that effect in one of the, uh, one of the movies, I think it was the original Avengers or something like that. And so I think these little moments are kind of neat in the way like during the Captain America musical, there was a girl who turned around and recognized him and she was like super excited to see him there. So I think these are all little snippets to show that there is genuine appreciation for him as somebody who saved their lives. Even like the restaurant they went to eat at paid for their meal. And he's like, no, you don't have to do that. No, no, no. You basically, I I forget the exact words, but you made it safe for us. So we're pleased to pay for your meal. I, I'm paraphrasing and messing it up, but you know what I mean? So I mm-hmm. think as annoying as these little bits are, I think there's some aspect of that, that like maybe at the end of it, he's not going to th- feel like he was the worst Avenger and maybe not feel like he's just a guy who shoots arrows.
0: Well, I think a lot of it too, is that he's coming out of the other side of Ronan, right? You know, he mm-hmm. he he did that for those five years after the snap. And uh, well, I mean, most of them, I'm not sure how much of those five years, but most of it anyway. And mm-hmm. and I feel like, um that's maybe what they're trying to do i agree with you there i also feel like there's a number of nods throughout the series so far in the first two episodes to to fandom and to the weird and inappropriateness that happens at cons and fandom like the the like the fact that the, the the female bouncer with the fake axe won't let him in you know like she just and he's looking at her like I could take you with one hand behind my back, but like, I'm not going to, cause I'm an Avenger and I just, I want, I just, it's real. This is really important, but I'm like, I'm trying to respect what you're doing. He says that at some mm-hmm. point, like out of respect for what's going on here. I don't want to like make fun of these people, but like, you're really, you know, m- making my eyebrow twitch here. <laughs> like I, 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 <laughs> I want to go home to my family yeah. and have Christmas. And there's, I can see the guy with that suit on and he like, it's not his, I need it back. Um, and she even then won't break character because even though he's an Avenger, she knows he's an Avenger and he's like, I'm here on official business that's stolen. I need to, you know, remedy the yeah. situation. And she just won't let him pass that kind of stuff. I've, I've, I've encountered that where someone is LARPing at a convention and they'll come up to the table, my place of business and ask a question and when they will answer it and then they will, they will try to continue to carry on the conversation in character And they're not an Mm -hmm. actor. They're not very good at what they're doing and I have no time for it. Like I (laughs) I appreciate that you're doing it. Have fun at the con. Do what you want to do. But the moment that you're going to interact with somebody else professionally like ask about my book or ask about my prices or for commissions and stuff like that, don't pretend to not know what a book is. Like you're just wasting my time and it's not fun or funny for either one of us because i'm not there as part of it if i was in costume larping with you all the power to you let's have some fun you know it's it's like role play around a a tabletop game um
1: and you're not the first person to come to my table and do that so yeah well move along
0: surprisingly did not happen all that often because some people have Some people have the ability to just like understand that or pick a vibe up off of you, right? Like I've had someone Mm -hmm. come over and like forsooth citizen, blah, 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 ask about the book and then like pull their mask up or their glasses down or something like that and be like, this is really cool. (laughs) It's like, thank you. You know, like, thanks (laughs) for taking the time to just have a real conversation with me because it's a long (laughs) day, you know? Um, there's another moment like that early on in the restroom at the, 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 Um, the theater where uh, someone wants a selfie and the two of them are at the urinal and it's just like, (sighs) dude, not the right time. And then he turns around to wash his hands and the guy's like, how about now? And I was like, it just made me think like there has to be some horror stories from, I mean, I'm sure most of Hollywood, but everyone in these Avengers films, they're so widely seen and so widely loved that I would imagine there's a lot of people that just don't understand that these actors are like with their family or trying to enjoy a meal or whatever. And just, it's just not the best time to ask for a selfie in the bathroom, you know, or in those situations. And I I get the feeling that some of the fandom of the Avengers, they're trying to like also fold over some of the fandom that happens in our lives and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. The other thing that I thought was really interesting, especially um, with you on the show, Knowing that you're a fan of Kamala Khan, uh, I feel like the way that Kate Bishop idolizes Hawkeye is very similar to how Kamala Khan idolizes the Avengers as a whole.
1: Yeah, especially um, um, Captain Marvel.
0: You see that kind of going through this next phase, which is technically this is Phase Four, but you're starting to see that that phase of like uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, same thing, right? Mm-hmm you have people fans you had you've got um young kids looking up to Sam Wilson now like stuff like that it's it's part of what they do it's part of how marvel addresses the whole superhero thing it also has commentary on fame um they try to stay on the good side of fame but it's um it's definitely has parallels to fame and entertainment you know and from what you and I know
1: and from like from the whole fan like the super fan aspect of things. I think uh, Haley Steinfeld does a fantastic job of trying to keep her cool, but <laughs> like 100% fangirling over the fact that Hawkeye is talking to her, like there for one, but actually even talking to her and conversing with her. And, and I, I guess one of the things I meant to, to mention earlier is that they do a really good job as well at the, in the very, before the initial credits roll of showing you exactly why she is the way she is in per- current time as you pointed out early on there's we got to see um that action scene with with Clint falling off the building in regular time from across the street but he he actually um literally shot an arrow to to knock one of the Chitauri out of the sky while it was on its way to go kill Kate Bishop so he literally saved Kate Bishop's life. And so she, from that moment, like it's almost like you could see the uh, the hero worship click on yeah. right at that moment. And then, and I'm sorry I didn't mention this earlier, but the opening credits are perfect in my mind for this because they went from her being a kid and her mom saying, I'll protect you, just let me know what you need. And she goes, I need a bow and arrow. And then the, op- and then the opening credit scenes, it's sort of like, sort of, not really stop motion, but it's just like a, there's like some animation stuff going on, but it basically sh- um, silhouette shows her um, as young shooting an arrow at targets and being horrible at it. And then there's another scene where they show her doing a martial arts and not being good at it and then doing gymnastics and not being great. And then, you know, shortly after it cuts back to the targets and then the shots are better. And then she's doing better at martial arts. So it's like within like that 30 seconds or what, it 20 seconds or whatever, opening credits, They basically show you that between the time that she said, I need a bow and arrow and you see her in real life or in current time, she actually did the work. So it's not like suddenly, yay, she's skilled. Like they, they basically give you that twenty-second snippet or fast forward on her life, showing her that showing us that she did all the work to get as good as she is right now, which I thought was really cool.
0: Yeah. It's the kind of thing that's tropey in superhero TV shows is the training montage, right? Like it's the, it's the, the Rocky theme plays and someone punches a bag for, you know 30 seconds of of cuts and music and hype and all of a sudden they're ready to yeah. go you know it's it's and they do that very well in the credits i think it removes the trope from the actual content because we don't need to see it we've seen how superheroes exactly. become superheroes we're past that we don't want to have mm-hmm. necessarily yet another origin story for yet another character when what we need and what matters is the relationship between kate bishop and and clint barton now right yeah that's what matters to us that's what matters to her in the next phase because the all of it before this was very similar to like you know bruce wayne going away and becoming a ninja and learning all this stuff in order to come back and become batman you just kind of hear about the training we don't see necessarily some films show you more than others but like you don't necessarily need to see an entire series of batman training and not being batman because who wants yeah. to watch that right exactly uh, it's nice that they they kind of go in this in this direction with it i
1: thought it was a very, a very efficient use of time and and, yeah. and basically and if you're like me you'll watch the opening credits once and then after that you take advantage, advantage of the skip button yes Afterwards. So I I thought it was a really smart thing to do. So that you kind of you see it and you go, Oh, this is cool. Oh neat. Cool. I get it. And she's ready to go. The
0: post-credit scenes are not without their charm either, which was hilarious. Uh after the second episode, the very good Hawkeye theme, um, which is very similar to the Avengers, it has certain hints and nods towards the Avengers main orchestral theme. In the end of the second episode, and this is probably the only real laugh that the larping gave me. um, the The music is the Hawkeye theme, but it's like a minstrel band (laughs) playing it. Just listen to the credits. Watch it. Yeah, listen to the listen. There's nothing there to see it. There's nothing there to show on video. It's just the audio. Just listen to the music. Oh, okay. After like the 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 triumphant music plays, and they (laughs) they they no longer when when the the animated credits are done and they're doing the black roll credits listen to the music in the end of episode 2 it's really funny it's like okay. a mandolin and a harp and but it's it's nice. like the hawkeye theme and that that got a good rise of me i let it i let it play out i let it uh, eventually it switches <laughs> back to full orchestra but it's very well done very well orchestrated it definitely got a laugh out of me that was funnier than all of the larping combined um mm-hmm. all right. Because I found that that just slowed things down. I have very few things to nitpick about the show, which is a good sign. Because usually I can be picky about this kind of stuff. But I, you know, yeah. we we talked about uh, we talked about Jack. We talked about the larping. The only other thing that I thought was tropey and the kind of stuff that I, you do see in things like the Arrowverse or Flash and stuff like that is at some point when Kate Bishop is running away from the tracksuit mafia, who we don't know is even the tracksuit mafia at this point. We don't know that they're dumb yet. There's a guy that lifts his ski mask to watch her oh, yeah. to try and get a better look at her. But the holes in the ski mask are like hockey pucks. And it's just like, mm-hmm. why yeah. as a criminal standing in the middle of the street, are you lifting up your ski mask? I thought he was actually taking it off when he heard the camera, the, the sirens of the police. Because I thought you're wearing a ski mask. You need to take that off so that the police know that you're not the criminal. Take the mask off. I thought he was going to do something suave, like take the mask off and walk down the street calmly and just blend in like a Russian mafia guy. Nope. He lifts it up, holds it over his head long enough for the camera to get a really good look at him because the script says so. And apparently we need to know who this actor is. And then he pulls it back down and runs the other way. He's like, are you kidding me? That was the dumbest thing I've ever
1: seen. (laughs) When I read your note on that, it made me laugh because I'm like, yeah. I didn't even pick up on that, but pulls ski mask up, providing himself no further clarity than he had when he had it on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pulls it back down, maintains same level of visibility, <laughs> goes on.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah, it's rough. It, but stuff yeah. like that, it, it, there's not that much of it. Uh, the only other thing that's on that level of like, cringy for me was just before they end the episode um they show who i'm assuming is the leader of the tracksuit mafia who is obviously deaf they're hammering this home Mm. and again i'm bummed that it's not just barton like just if he's going to be deaf that's great leave him as deaf she must be a character from the comics and that's why they have to maintain this stuff um but she's in a room listening to loud loud music but she's feeling the speakers because that's what you know to kind of indicate that to, her, to people paying attention that she can't actually hear it. She's there to feel the bass shaking. And the guy comes in, one of the tracksuit mafia guys comes in and has to like sign her mouth to her that we've got them both sort of deal. But it's this thing that happens with some actors where they're cast as villains and I haven't even heard her speak and I don't think she's gonna be a convincing villain. It's just all this heavy, heavy posturing with music, lighting, and stern looking held camera Mm. shots to say, this is the bad guy. And with no emotion behind it, other than just like growly face, uh, I don't buy it for a minute. I don't think that she's that threatening. I mean, maybe my mind's going to be changed. We'll see. But I, I really wish that they'd come up with some better villains for these guys. But that might be revealed later on down the line. That that's yeah. that's the only other trope that I noticed. I'm just kind of like, ugh. I I mean, I'm on board. I like the show, but the the last few minutes of episode two were also kind of cringy.
1: For for me, that one doesn't bother me as much because I guess I I know her her, her character. Like she's she's coming off like trying to like as you said, kind of the villainess or the villain right now, but she's she's not going to be the main villain, I don't believe. Um, she's actually getting her own spin-off show after this. So it's kind of, I'm, I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with her because it's, and I think it's kind of neat, actually, in the comic, she's a deaf Native American and they actually have a deaf Native American actor playing the character, which I think is That's cool. Amazing, like to, to be able to, and I'm not, and I'm only saying that because I guess, for whatever reason, my brain's going, what are the odds that you would find a deaf? And maybe the odds are fantastic, and I'm just an idiot, but what are the odds that you'll find a deaf Native American actor who's at the level that Disney would want to play Right. in? Yeah. You know, like, basically carry the torch for this character and then be in a spinoff show of their own afterwards. So I think, you know, I guess for me, they'd be like saying, like, we want a deaf actor who can work at this level who happens to be from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Like, I'm just, I'm only saying it that way because it seems like, like, you know, the odds of that just seem to be low. And and maybe they're not. And maybe, like I said, maybe I'm just an idiot. That one just didn't bother me as much because I kind of know that they are going to take her somewhere.
0: I'm happy to be proven wrong about the the villain. If she's not as campy and not a villain because i did because see yeah, this is where me not knowing the comics i didn't go like oh i know who that is right like i just yeah. right over my head and i just went like "Woof, wow this looks like a really bad flash villain yeah it's safe to say that um we're both on board for hawkeye i'm going to be watching the rest of these as they come out over the coming weeks through uh, christmas likewise
1: and i guess one thing i want to throw out there as well like listeners joel and i have said this before but it's it's easy for us because we talk about the good and the bad of everything it's easy for us to nitpick the bad about this show but i would say overall um super enjoyable mm-hmm. like don't oh, don't sure. put a lot of weight into the bad that we're saying you know these are the things that might you, you might you might go yeah i see what they were saying but what's good about it is just it's so much more enjoyable than what's off about it
0: i'm i'm happy to find a series with um, with Marvel and Disney plus again, that I can get on board with. Uh, Cause I was really doubtful after Loki. I was not sure. Uh, and even less so after um, what, what if, if? I, I actually <laughs> didn't finish them. I, I stopped watching them. I just, I couldn't do it.
1: And just to going back to that show, like if, if you're able to kind of just grind your way through it and be, you know, begrudgingly the last two episodes actually tie stuff together in a really surprising way. And so the, the payoff was pretty, pleasantly surprising
0: maybe put it on the background someday when i'm cleaning the house or something just to yeah. kind of get through the ones i don't really want to pay attention to
1: yeah because i mean it's it's, a, it's like probably the bigger moments in them that if you pick those up that when they all start to tie it together you're you're probably good at that point it just you, it's it was uh and there were a couple of moments that made us uh my family and i go oh okay cool and then it was not the best <laughs> let's put it that way <laughs>
0: Moving on into the internet minute, which is brought to you by you, dear listener. The Citadel Cafe is 100% listener supported. If you're getting value out of the show, please consider putting a little bit of value back in. You can become a member at patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. That will get you access to the member only discord server, as well as bonus tracks, like the one that Steven and I recorded just before the show tonight. Patron count is at 21. That is steady on from last week. Our goal each month is to have at least one more patron than the month before. So if you'd like to be patron number 22, go to patreon.com slash the Cafe and join the community today. I have been busy and I don't have a pick, but Stephen, you do.
1: I do, yes. a uh, Graphic design colleague of mine introduced me to a website, a portion of a website called Brand New. So the, the website is underconsideration.com and then it's slash brand new altogether. And essentially it looks at brands from all over the world and like sometimes it'll just say cool logo found in the wild but most often what they do is they look for um brand refreshes so they'll, they'll say this is the old logo this is the new logo and this is how the old logo was applied and this is how the new logo is applied and it's um and one of my favorite things as a graphic designer is identity de- identity design i love it if it's something that i was able to do for the rest of my life i would be I'd be done. I'd be I'd be super pleased. And so, uh, some of the changes they make, they make they're a little bit on the myth side, you know. Just you know, why did they do that? The other one was good, or some of them are. They seem to be exceptional changes and just really really well done. But so, um, if if you're interested in logo design at all or seeing you know the changes that companies make, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I, I I thoroughly enjoy the site. It's got a free component to it but it also has a paid one. I think it's like a dollar a month or something like that to give you access to extra stuff. And so it's it's right up my alley, so I pay the extra a little bit, but it's a, it's a cool site.
0: I, I'm looking at it now and of course having some you know graphic design background myself, I, it's very, very cool to see some of the mm-hmm. very simple changes that some of these logos went through. Um, and also some of them are just wildly different, you know, just completely, completely different takes on... Yeah, you know, or, or I shouldn't say in some cases not so much completely different, but just very clear, much clearer in terms of what's mm-hmm. going on. Um, I find that a lot of the trend sends, tends to be um, more simplicity. There, anything busy has been reduced <laughs> to to not yeah. to not busy, um, which I think is is interesting.
1: Some of the my favorite changes in logos are where they just they make very few, but they're just. So- so important like the changes seem to be so important that it just it makes it look like ah that's that's the version of the logo they should have given you the first time Mm -hmm. like it's i just love i love this the little tweaks you can make to improve it drastically
0: Well, that wraps up this episode of The Citadel Cafe. You can get more information about the show and links to some of the things that Stephen and I talked about tonight at thecitadelcafe.com. Music for the show was composed by Kevin McLeod, and you can email us at thecitadelcafe at gmail.com or find the show by name on Twitter. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube, really wherever you can find a podcast. And while you're out there, I want to do me a solid and go to the iTunes store, leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. Uh, Even if you don't listen, you can just leave the review and peace out. But uh, that iTunes review will help us land in the earholes of new listeners, people looking for sci fi and fantasy conversations that don't know about the Citadel Cafe. They're just looking on the internet. Uh, the other way, of course, is just tell friends. If you enjoy the show, you want more people to come on board, then uh, just tell people about it. Tell them to go to the thecitadelcafe.com and uh, listen to the show. I would very much appreciate it. My name is Joel Duggan. You can find everything I'm doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio at joelduggan.com. You can check out my other podcast, all about Minecraft, at the spawnchunks.com minecraft 118 drops next tuesday so just a few days from now uh that's going to come out that's the caves and cliffs part two we uh true to form have our next episode the day before that happens so i'm not sure what we're going to be talking about (laughs) Uh, uh mostly about the technical hurdles i think of moving forward but uh following that release we will have an awful lot to talk about on the spawn chunks so that show is not going anywhere you can see that every monday at the and of course follow me at joel duggan for social media and joel duggan on twitch where i've been playing a lot of satisfactory and hoping to get into some new games over the holidays we'll see you there steven where can people find you online
1: i too have been spending most of my time uh free time on twitch so i'm over there at twitch.tv slash steven esc and that's steven with a ph
0: You've been listening to the Citadel Cafe, where we are fast, easy, and cheap, but you can only pick two.